When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this Tuesday morning of Thanksgiving week by Andrew Erickson and by Joe Orico. He is at NoExpertFF on Twitter. Joe, it is holiday week. You are not in your usual location. I appreciate you still finding a way to join us on the show today. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, in the childhood bedroom here. So let's hope nothing crazy goes on. You never know. Very classic uh, Thanksgiving week setup. Uh, I'm sure, you know, a lot of people are listening to this maybe in their childhood bedrooms as they get ready for some week 12 action. Erickson, are you traveling for the holidays too? Uh, Only like 15 minutes down the road. My aunt lives pretty close. So I'd actually have to travel farther if I was coming from home, you know, where I grew up in central Massachusetts. So I'm just making a quick trip, probably going to like head over right before submit some DFS lineups, submit some final (laughs) bets before that Lions game kicks off and I'll be kicking back watching the games with everyone else. Nice. Very uh, easy and convenient. Because it is Thanksgiving week, I am obligated to ask, favorite Thanksgiving dish, Erickson? I am a big sweet potato casserole person, and I do like the stuffing. Big stuffing guy. Uh, My mom hates any and all things sweet potato. It's either her or my dad, actually. I can't remember. So I never had anything sweet potato growing up, and uh, now I'm not used to it. What about you, Joe? I'm a big turkey guy with cranberry sauce, as one does. That's for me. Uh, I'm also not a cranberry sauce guy. Uh, <laughs> so not, what do you mean? Do you, just, do you just fast during Thanksgiving work? Yeah, no, I, mean, I like turkey. Do do I, like, I like mashed potatoes and gravy. I like stuff. I like all the classics. Oh, I, so you, you like know. the good stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so the stuff that like, everybody you like chalk. Likes. Got it. Yeah. Chalk guy. Yes, yes, chalk yes. Guy. I do like, I like chalk. Not I tell you what your DFS lineup's going to look like. Yep. <laughs> yeah, chalk guy. Exactly. <laughs> all right, let's jump into the show here. We were talking week 12, which is Thanksgiving week. Buy low, sell high running backs. We will start at the top as we always do with the most traded running backs. And guys, the number one most traded running back right now is Jalen Warren running backs. Obviously, he's really come on strong the last couple of weeks. There are people who have been on him all season long. Erickson, I will start with you. Are you buying, selling, or holding Jalen Warren right now? And I will note, just before we started recording this, Offensive coordinator Matt Canada was fired from Pittsburgh, so that is another wrinkle that we haven't really had a ton of time to digest yet. Yeah, I mean, Warren is the most explosive playmaker on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, and if the firing of Matt Canada is any indication that there's going to be some changes in the offense, I think the first thing that they would do is give the ball to Jalen Warren more. Like, I think that's so obvious to anybody that watches the Pittsburgh Steelers and their anemic offense that Warren is the only guy that's generating any sort of juice. So, again, it's kind of looking like a... This Warren-Najee Harris situation kind of looks a lot like the Tony Pollard-Ezekiel Elliott thing that we had to go through ad nauseum for years and years, and Tony Pollard was more explosive running back, even though he was seeing less touches. So again, this doesn't mean Najee's never going to touch the ball ever again. I think the Steelers realize that the strengths of their team are when they run the football. We saw that last year in the second half of the season. We're going to see it again, I think, even after Matt Canna got fired, but I just think it's going to be more Jalen Warren. So the fact that Najee's just kind of hanging around, I think makes Warren someone that you can actually buy, especially because Warren's not getting like this crazy workload. But what do we see with guys that are efficient? They get the ball more because they're good. 
So I like Warren a lot, especially with the Steelers' schedule. Really, really favorable for running backs, the top five schedule. We look at the strength of schedule tool over on Fantasy Pros. So Jalen Warren is a buy for me. Yeah, Joe, I was looking up at our consensus rest of season running back rankings. I was actually surprised to see Jalen Warren as high as he is, which is RB21. Usually those rankings kind of take a little while to maybe react to what we've seen lately, but he's already up at RB21. Do you think he's a buy, a sell, or a hold right now? I'm looking to buy Jalen Warren as like an RB3 for my roster. Um, So I guess the answer to your question is a hold at the end of the day. You know, I would trade him, um, for example, for... Geez, Javante Williams, Rashad White, David Montgomery, guys like that. But as Erickson said, it really is just a classic Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Tony Pollard situation here. Uh, Warren is clearly the more explosive player in the backfield amongst running backs with 50 attempts this year. Top five in broken tackle percentage, top five in missed tackle percentage and evasion percentage. So all you have to do is watch and play. And then as uh, Erickson said as well, the schedule, Cincinnati, Arizona, running through Erickson's Pats in week 14 and then the playoffs you have Indy Cincy and Seattle so yeah and also the running back coach uh it seems like he's going to be taken over as the OC there for a little bit so I would imagine Warren's going to be pretty involved yeah did I see right that they're doing something where he's the OC but the play callers the quarterbacks coach I was only briefly looking on Twitter something like that um, yeah but that's good enough for me yeah, not sure. Matt Canada. Yeah, that's good <laughs> yeah, enough for me. But him. Yeah. Yes, not not Matt, Matt Canada. Uh, Joe, every uh, Tuesday on the show, we go through some uh, real life trades that have gone down. This is data pulled from our Fantasy Pros My Playbook. Um, so these are real trades that have happened in real leagues. I want to get your opinion on them. Jalen Warren was traded in one league for C.J. Stroud. Obviously, you assume the person had a quarterback need. Do you think that's a reasonable trade? See, I like that because Jalen Warren is probably, as I mentioned, your RB3, your RB4. All of a sudden, you're trading in for a top 10 QB rest of season, right? So I'm, I'm fine with that. How about Jalen Warren for Devin Singletary and Amari Cooper? That one I don't like as much. Uh, I think Damian Pierce is going to come back and be somewhat involved. And I really do think Singletary is a guy that needs like 80% of snaps, 100% of running back opportunities to be as good as he's been. So I'm going to lean Warren on that one. Last one, Jalen Warren and Jordan Addison for Chris Olave. Ooh, I lean the Jalen Warren side, actually. I'm not the biggest Olave guy. I think once Carr comes back, he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. I mean, had one catch before Jameis Winston entered the game there a couple weeks ago. So, uh, And I still think yeah. Addison's going to be good. Erickson, what do you think about those? As a reminder, Jalen Warren for C.J. Stroud, Jalen Warren for Singletary and Amari Cooper, Jalen Warren and Jordan Addison for Chris Olave. Do you like any of those, Erickson? I, I just like the Jalen Warren side on all three. He's just like, he's a stock that's rising. Like, this is the guy that you want. And when we look at, you know, who wins fantasy football leagues, it's these pockets of time when these players hit over a stretch of games. And why can't it be Jalen Warren? What if, again, I'm not saying this would happen, but what if under a new you know, offensive play caller, they just were like, you know what? We're not doing this Najee thing anymore. Like we're giving not, we're giving Jalen Warren like 70% of those touches versus, you know, a 70, 30 split. Like that could happen. Like there's a 10% chance that that happens. And if you do, and if that happens, like Warren's going to be a fantasy RB one the rest of the season. So just giving up like guys like Amari Cooper, like he's not going to move the needle at all with DTR quarterback, Jordan Addison. Like he hasn't been really any, he hasn't been a, a, a needle mover either with Josh Dobbs, a quarterback. So like, yeah, give me this explosive running back with Jalen Warren. 
Guys, there is so much to be thankful for this week. Family, friends, food, NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, so much more. You name it, they've got it. We've got three divisional matchups on Turkey Day this year with the Lions laying 7.5 points at home against the Packers, the Cowboys laying 11 points at home against the Commanders, and the Seahawks getting a touchdown at home against the 49ers. I've got a feeling this is going to be an awesome, awesome day of football. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can bet five on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Fellas, the next most traded running back right now, Austin Eckler, a big name there. So Joe, I'll start with you this time. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Eckler? I think this is a textbook buy here. I mean, Eckler is a top five Obviously, maybe even top three running back rest of season. I think the ankle's bothering him a little bit. There's that clip going around where he looks like he's in quicksand a little bit there. Uh, Maybe a touchdown yesteryear, but I think this is just a stereotypical buy here. Seven points in week 11. We kind of saw this in week seven. He put up 5.6 points. The next three weeks, over 20 every single week. And the schedule, aside from next week against your Ravens, is pretty good. Gets the Pats in week 13. Sorry, Erickson. Uh, Denver in week 14. It's been a little tougher lately, but then the playoffs are great. Vegas, Buffalo, and then Denver in the finals. But that Buffalo in week 16, I mean, that's really what you're targeting. That could be a 40-point game for Austin Eckler. All of a sudden, you're in the finals. So, yeah, if I can get Austin Eckler on my team, I'm doing that. The second running back we've talked about that you've already taken a shot at uh, Erickson's Pat's run defense. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Erickson, what do, you, what do you think about Eckler? Obviously a guy who was a top five pick in many leagues at the start of the year. Uh, at this point in the season, in the expert consensus rankings, he's uh, rest of season RB4. That's in half PPR. Um, so do you think he's right now a buy, sell, or hold? He's a buy for me. Look, Austin Eckler, you know, he's very in with the fantasy community, has a fantasy show that he does. Like, he's not going to let us down, especially with the schedule that's coming up. Like, I think that he's going to be fine. And we just look at the Chargers offense. They're kind of in turmoil right now a little bit. They have nobody stepping up besides Keenan Allen, who, I mean, the guy can only take on like 15 plus targets every single week before his body starts to break down. So I expect Eckler's targets to pick back up. You know, even in a tougher matchup against the Baltimore Ravens, like he's still going to be involved as a pass catcher out of the backfield because there's no one else on this Chargers offense that can be trusted to catch the ball. It's not Nankin and Allen. Like that Quinn Johnson drop. Oh my God. Like that. 
I couldn't believe he dropped that pass. Like, that was just so horrible. I, I, that's roughly in line with what he's done this season. So it wasn't it was, actually that surprising. It was it was really, really bad. Especially I, I, for I forget who it was. Somebody on Twitter was saying that, like, the happiest guy in the world uh, after the MVS drop uh, last night's game on Monday Night Football was Quentin Johnson. Because we didn't think about that one <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, Instead, it, and yet we're still talking about the Quentin Johnson one. Yeah, because it was bad because he had my guy, my doppelganger, Alex Erickson, was out there outproducing <laughs> Quentin Johnson. Like, my guy. <laughs> Erickson out there. I mean, he might step up, but it's going to be Austin Eckler. So he's a, he's a buy for me. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I've got some real life trades here for this one as well. Austin Eckler for either CD lamb or Stefan Diggs. I think that comes down to, you know, roster construction, but in a vacuum, I'm probably going to lean with Austin Eckler just because the running back market is just so condensed. I mean, there's really only five, six guys who can do what Eckler can do. Meanwhile, you know, guy like Brandon Ayuk could go outproduce uh, Stefan Diggs, for example. How about Eckler for Gus Edwards and Patrick Mahomes? Again, I'm assuming that there's a quarterback mm-hmm. need to play here. I'm leaning with Eckler again. Um, yeah, Gus Edwards is a guy I want off my roster, uh, respectfully. And I think Mahomes, you know, I wish he was putting up 40 points and he's not right now. So give me Eckler. Last one, Eckler for Jameer Gibbs and Drake London. Okay, so there... I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs and Drake London. I think London is just kind of a throw in, but I do have Eckler and Gibbs kind of back to back and going off what Erickson was saying about Warren, you know, Gibbs is a guy looking like a league winner right now. So I'll stay in the flames. I'll take Gibbs RB one overall week seven through 11. So give me Gibbs. Erickson, I'll run through those trades again for you. Eckler for either CeeDee Lamb or Stephon Diggs. Eckler for Gus Edwards and Patrick Mahomes. Eckler for Gibbs and Drake London. I like the trading Gus Edwards and Patrick Mahomes for Austin Eckler. I think it's just selling high on Gus Edwards with his touchdowns, selling Patrick Mahomes, who's been underwhelming as a fantasy quarterback because he doesn't have any weapons. And he's basically living with what the Patriots did with Tom Brady. They never gave him any weapons and they expect him to do it all. And we're starting to see the repercussions of that when you only have Travis Kelsey. So, yeah, Mahomes is not moving the needle. That defense is elite for the Chiefs and they're just not a team that's forcing shootouts anymore like that's not the chiefs game right now if they want to win the super bowl so i'm fine with selling those guys to get a locked and loaded rb1 rest of the season with eckler yeah i'm in full agreement there i think mahomes is averaging something like 17 and a half fantasy points per game since like week four like it's actually been like a problem for his managers this wide receiver thing is, is continuing to get out of hand in kansas city before you guys listening make any trades you need to check out our trade analyzer at fantasypros.com slash my playbook or on the fantasy football my playbook app instantly see who wins any trade and how it shifts the balance of power in your league for the week the rest of the season even beyond for dynasty leaguers stay ahead and play smart with the trade analyzer on fantasypros.com slash my playbook and on the fantasy football my playbook app guys let's get into the buy low running backs Joe, I will start with you. Who is your top guy among the Bilo running backs right now? As if it wasn't obvious, Travis Etienne. So Travis Etienne under nine fantasy points the last two weeks against San Fran and then Tennessee. The Tennessee one was a little disappointing here in week 11, but don't know if you guys saw, got lit up on like this huge hit at the line of scrimmage and then really did take a few series off. Saw a lot of Dernis Johnson in there. But again, still 15-plus opportunities. He had 17 in Week 11. He's had 15-plus opportunities in every single game besides Week 10 against San Fran. When you're down 30 points, you know, maybe Travis sees the bench a little bit there. We're talking about a guy Weeks 5 through 9, the RB1. 
in fantasy football, 27.1 points per game. That's six and a half more than the next guy, Alvin Kamara there. And I know two touchdowns per game during that span, right? That's what we're going to talk about. It's funny. We went in the off season from he doesn't score enough to now he scores too much. Well, when he scores too much, he's the RB1 in fantasy. When he doesn't score enough, he's RB12. So say that averages out. I do have ETN as a top six running back to finish the season. Couple tough matchups here. Week 14 against Cleveland, 15 against Baltimore. But other than that, it's looking pretty good. Houston this week, then Cincinnati. And then in the finals, you have Carolina. We saw what Tony Pollard did. I mean, Tony Pollard got in the end zone against Carolina. So it's looking like three for Travis Etienne in the fantasy football finals. Who are some types of players that you would be willing to trade to get Etienne on your roster? Honestly, I think a better question would be to flip that and say, who wouldn't I trade? Uh, I prefer, you know, rest of season. I have McCaffrey uh, ahead of him. And then it kind of gets, you know, it gets close. You know, I think Brees Hall, I have him in my top three. I have Jameer Gibbs, you know, top five. Those are some guys where it's really close. But I mean, I'm cashing in on, you know, Bijan, for example, give me ETN. Josh Jacobs, Pollard, Kamara, give me ETN. All those guys, you know, once you start talking Swift, Hall, Eckler, Gibbs, He's in that tier. I don't, I don't know if I missed this name, but what about Jonathan Taylor? Would he be in the range ahead of him or behind him? I'm actually going to go with ETN ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Erickson, what do you think about ETN quickly? I know he's a guy we've talked about a lot on the show this season. Yeah, me and Joe, we're both ETN stands, and we refuse to buy into the Take Bigsby hype, who's yeah. now the RB3 on the Jacksonville Jaguars, just so <laughs> we're all aware. Um, I have ETN as my RB2 rest of the season. So, yeah, it's pretty much name your guy, and I'll trade him. Basically, it's not Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's like Erickson, the one I guy brought, I would not I trade for you. ETN. Look what I brought. Yeah, oh, of course. For you. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> for is. you. Uh, Erickson, who's your uh, top by low running back? Oh, it's Derrick Henry. It's the big dog, baby. Someone I've, I've been fading Derrick Henry all year long and not want to buy because the Titans, if you have read my betting pros primer, something I always talk about when it comes to the Tennessee Titans is you fade them when they play on the road. This team cannot do anything when they're not playing in Tennessee. They have a bad offensive line. What do we know about bad offensive lines? They don't travel well. Well, Titans, four of their last five games in the fantasy playoffs or the fantasy season are at home. They're back in Tennessee. This week, they are playing the Carolina Panthers, who let Tony Pollard score a touchdown against them. This run defense is absolutely atrocious, and the Tennessee Titans are going to unleash Derrick Henry not only in this week against Carolina, who's faced the highest rushing rate of any team in the NFL this year, but they're going to unleash him the rest of the season because Derrick Henry is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. They have all the incentive in the world to ride him out. And one thing I want to note about last week's usage, again, Derrick Henry's kind of been splitting snaps all year long with Tajay Spears. The thing that I thought was really interesting about his usage last week was they were in negative game script basically the entire game. Like they were getting blown out by the Jaguars. And what ended up happening was Derrick Henry still outsnapped Tajay Spears. Like in a negative game script, which was really weird to me. I was like, oh, that's kind of odd. Like why was he still playing? He played more snaps. He played more on third downs. He used more in the passing game, 62% of the snaps in a negative game script. So I think that's suggesting, at least to me, moving forward, that, like, hey, like, they're ride or die with Derrick Henry. And we've seen Derrick Henry in December, December, as we like to call it, with Derrick Henry. I think that he is the sharpest by low you can get at running back to get an RB1 the rest of the season because we've seen this before with Derrick Henry. Like, he finishes the season strong. He's better in December. Guys don't want to tackle him. I know it's kind of like a narrative, but it's what happens. Like, just look at his numbers in December. (laughs) Like they're really, really good. So I like Derrick Henry as a buy with them playing at home last four or five games. And again, it's a great matchup this week against the Carolina Panthers. I don't think you even mentioned this, but 
twice in the fantasy playoffs, he gets the Texans, who we know Derrick Henry absolutely obliterates the Texans in, in those last five games against him. 211 yards, 212, 250, 219, 126. And he's got uh, some quick math here, 10 touchdowns in those five games. I mean, like he destroys the Texans. He gets them twice in the fantasy playoffs, week 15 and 17, which are in December when he's usually at his best anyway. So that is a, a really exciting element as well. We do have a listener question about Derrick Henry, and it's basically would you trade Derrick Henry and what do you think you can get for him after his back-to-back poor game? So this person's looking to sell on Henry right now, so I'll, we'll kind of flip it since obviously you're looking to buy who are some guys you would trade for Derrick Henry. It has to be one of like the the running backs we've kind of talked about as guys we like to buy. So like as a part of a package to get Eckler, as part of a package to get guys like like a Gibbs, um, like a Travis Etienne, who's also disappointed the last two weeks, and, and selling the schedule basically as like the way you're going to move him. I just, I really just don't think you're going to get you're not going to get a lot for Derrick Henry right now. Like that's the thing because he's been pretty okay. You know, obviously disappointed the last couple of weeks, but when he doesn't play at home, like he doesn't do anything, and and this offense has been really underwhelming since. Will Levis's first game when he kind of blew up again in a, in a home game. So I think Derrick Henry is not someone I would try to trade. I think that he's a guy you want to hold because I think the best is yet to come for him. Let's move to the sell high running backs. Joe, who you got here? So my sell high running back is James Cook. Now, I get it, right? 21 opportunities, new OC. Is this the new look of the Bills offense. I don't really think so. Uh, 46% of snaps. So that was identical to week 10. In fact, you know, 46% is less than the previous three weeks, week seven through nine over 50, honestly, almost closer to 70% of snaps in week eight. So I'm not too, you know, on the ship of this is James Cook offense. Now, then you look at the schedule, he gets Philly in week 12 by week in week 13, then Kansas city, then Dallas in week 15. I mean, that's an entire month of tough matchups. One of the weeks you can't even play him. And then we go over to Ty Johnson, who saw 21% of snaps, three targets, six total opportunities. And Latavius Murray still getting double digit opportunities. So I'm good here, right? Stefan Diggs, slow game, gave Gabe Davis, cardio King, another donut. So those guys are going to get more involved. I think this is a nice chance to cash in on James Cook, pair him with somebody for a top 15, top 12 running back. And you move on. Yeah, I actually think both your guys' sell-high picks are really interesting. So before we move to yours, Erickson, I want to get your opinion on James Cook as well. RB23 in the current you know consensus rest of season rankings. Again, that's half PPR. Is that too high, too low, just right? What do you think, Erickson? RB23, you said? Yeah. I, I think that's right. I mean, just based on like he's... And that's actually moved up four spots in the last week since seeing him with the new OC. I mean, he's he's an RB too. Like that's what he is. He's never going to be anything more than that because he doesn't get red zone usage and like his receiving usage is okay. It's like whether or not okay, does he rip off like a big run or not? Like does he make a big play? And in this past game, he scored a receiving touchdown but didn't score a rushing touchdown. So, you know, does this turn into a three way committee now with Ty Johnson? You know, longtime truther Ty Johnson, lo- absolutely love the man. I'm glad to see him bounce back on his feet. (laughs) But if he's interfering with James Cook in any way, shape, or form, then that ultimately hurts Cook. The schedule is brutal. Uh, Rest of the season for the Buffalo Bills when it comes to their running back matchups. So he's just a guy that he's one of these players where if I trade him away, I'm never going to look back and be like, oh my God, I traded with James Cook and like absolutely buried me. Like that's not going to happen. Like if you could get James Cook trading for Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry could bury you. If you you don't play your cards right, where James Cook, it's like, oh, he was an RB two, you know, take it or leave it. Right. 
By the way, if you think you were an early Ty Johnson adopter, he was a three-star recruit that starred at Maryland oh for my Terps. Oh, so here we go with the Terrapins. I, nobody <laughs> was earlier on Ty Johnson than me when he was playing games in Cumberland, Maryland as a two- or three-star recruit, but just pure, pure speed, so fun to watch. Uh, Eric Sell, stick with you. Who's your top sell-high running back? Saquon Barkley. Um, look, guys, <laughs> the Giants are not going to play the Commanders again yet this season, and that was the only way this offense could look any semblance of good. Danny, De- or Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito looked like a comparable <laughs> quarterback in that game. Saquon Barkley caught two receiving touchdowns. He wasn't even that effective. He had negative rushing yards in the first half. Like, don't get that mixed up. Like, he had ripped off a couple big runs in the second half, obviously. You know, he had he was the RB1 last week, which is why you sell high. Like, now it's like, Oh, Saquon Barkley. Oh, he's going to be fine. He's getting all the volume. Yes, he's getting all the volume. But at the same time, the efficiency he had is not going to carry over in tougher matchups. The Giants have a tougher schedule rest of the season. Again, they're not playing the Commanders ever again. They've already got those two matchups done. So it's got Patriots, Packers, Saints. Do you want to play Saquon Barkley against the Eagles in the Fantasy Football Championships with Tommy DeVito quarterback? No. Like, and, and you're going to feel like obligated to start him because like, oh, the touches, but it's like, that's a guy that could bring you down on your, in your championship week. So I think you got to sell. I really think that that's the sharp move to make after, again, he finished as the RB one overall in the week looked explosive. It just, there's not enough. I don't have enough confidence in this offense moving forward to be a believer in Saquon um, rest of season. Yeah, Joe, I want to get your opinion on Saquon as well. He's a player that on some shows last week, I, I remember asking some of the analysts just kind of, you know, Based on the fact that he's going to be pretty inefficient, he's going to get all the defensive attention. This is probably a team that's not going to score a lot of touchdowns, but he's going to get so much volume, which is king at the running back position. Now he presents this interesting opportunity to sell because he was RB1 last week. So what are you doing with Saquon Barkley right now? I think he's something like RB14 in the rest of uh, of season rankings. Yeah, I think it really comes down to roster construction. I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but I'll explain a little bit. I think if he's your RB1, you're looking to move off of him. Uh, He has a good matchup against New England, and then the bye week, then Green Bay. So, you know, two of the next three are solid. And then, like Erickson said, the playoffs are pretty rough. Saints, Philly, both those games away, and then the Rams in the finals, which could work. So if he's your RB2, right, I'm fine eating the bye week. I'm fine with 25 touches against the Pats and the Packers the next two weeks. Maybe we get into playoffs that way. Um, but overall, it's uh, it's more of a sell for me. This episode is brought to you by Jack Link's Protein Snacks. No better way to enjoy game day than with Jack Link's Protein Snacks from jerky and beef sticks to steaks and more. Jack Link's delivers 100% beef in a wild assortment of delicious flavors. It's just what you need to help feed your wild side. Shop now at jacklinks.com or find it at your local retailer. Wide receivers. Guys, the number one most traded wide receiver was somebody who was a top three pick in every fantasy league this August, and that's Jamar Chase. Obviously, I would assume this is a reaction to the Joe Burrow injury news. He is out for the remainder of the season. So Chase is somebody who has been banged up a little himself. Obviously, Burrow has not been fully healthy for a lot of the year outside of a few weeks stretch there in the middle. But Joe, I'll start with you. Chase, I mean, such a big name, such a big talent. Now dealing with Jake Browning as his quarterback. Are you buying, selling, or holding on him right now? I'm actually looking to buy Jamar Chase. Like I'm one of the guys who is 
in the office looking for Jamar Chase as like a wide receiver two for my team or a wide receiver one next to another strong wide receiver one. So I see him on the website, you know, expert consensus, rest of the season, 18 overall. I think it's a little low. You know, Joe Burrow is great. He's awesome. He's like one of the best. But Jamar Chase is really, really good at football. And I would go as far as saying he's the best player on the offense. He's going to get work. Okay. A lot of it. And the schedule's great. Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Indy, Minnesota, Pittsburgh again. Then in week 17, you get Kansas City. So I'm in on Jamar Chase. I, you know, I had him as a top three guy. I still have him as a top 15, top 13, 12 guy. So I'm in. I'm buying. Yeah, what are you doing with Chase uh, Erickson? Because, you know, like Joe mentioned in the consensus, he's in that, you know, wide receiver two range moving forward. Um, It just sounds so low for a guy of his talent, but situation does matter, right? Yeah, no, I think it does. And we saw Chase during the beginning of the season kind of start slow with a not 100% Joe Burrow. He was wide receiver 27 in terms of points per game in the first month of the season. So I think that's kind of, where you should be looking to acquire him for. I really think that Chase is really about the price because we know that his ability as a receiver, especially what he can do after the catch, like that, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Like once the ball is in his hand, it's up to Chase to make plays and to make guys miss and to score touchdowns and show off how good he is. So I think it's just worth kicking the tires on Chase and just sending offers just to kind of see like how panicked is this manager on Jamar Chase, but also entertain the idea that if you have Chase, there's a lot more risk now involved with his bust potential with a, a bad quarterback. So I wrote in the forecast buy slash sell Jamar chase, because I really think it's like the price for him is going to vary all around. And after the game on Thursday, I posted a poll on Twitter was like, who scores more fantasy points, Jamar chase or Zay flowers rest of the season. And it was pretty split. I think that chase ended up winning 55% to 45%, but I mean, as we'll get into a little bit later, Zay Flowers is set up really well the rest of the season without Mark Andrews in that offense. So I think that's the price you should be looking to pay for a guy like Chase. So again, I kind of agree with Joe that I do want to buy on Chase because of someone I liked a lot, but I also understand, hey, if I don't want to deal with this risk here, I have a team that's really, really good and Chase really hasn't been the guy that's been making my team better. I, I feel moving him, I feel okay moving him away if I already feel good about the rest of my roster for a safer asset, he just comes with a lot of risk. I think that he's a boomer bust guy to trade for. So if you're kind of fighting for that last roster spot, you need a spark on your offense. I think Chase is a guy to go for, but if you feel really good about your team, you're like, I don't need to take on this risk. I would probably ship off chase. So again, a lot of context, but I think that it's a really polarizing situation with chase, how good he is, but based on the current quarterback situation. So if he is a boomer bust guy where do you see yourself ranking him not just rest of season but week to week like for example in week 12 specifically he's wide receiver 20 right now that feels like almost kind of a placeholder of like people don't really know what to do and that's kind of the range where you're not going to get too burned if he has a really good game but also not if he has a really bad game so on a week-to-week basis erickson where do you think you're going to end up with chase not just looking in the aggregate rest of season well i mean like where do you rank garrett wilson every week it's kind of like the same thing. Like it's, he's really good, but he has a really bad quarterback that you can't necessarily rely on. And I mean, he had 12 yards, 12 receiving yards. I think that's the lowest he's ever had in the game with Jake Browning, basically being the quarterback for the most of that game. And T Higgins is also going to come back. Like we've seen the splits with chase be much better when Higgins is hurt. Higgins is going to come back to unless for some reason they keep him out because they're, they're season is basically going down the toilet at this point without Joe Burrow. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. 
I guess for me, it's like I feel more confident it's like getting rid of Joe Mixon, to be totally honest. Like when I'm looking at the Bengals offense, I'd rather trade him away and buy Chase than bet on, oh, Joe Mixon, the team will run. Because I think that there's a merit to, oh, well, they're going to run the ball more. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> Joe Mixon, I don't think is a good enough running back to overcome that. So it's like if I had Mixon, I would trade him for Jamar Chase. Like if you want to try to make a bet on which Bengals player is better, the schedule is better for the receiver versus the running back. So I guess for me, yeah, he's going to be a wide receiver two ranked every week. He probably won't finish there. It'll probably be, you know, actually, no, I think he probably will. Because if you look at Garrett Wilson, what he's done this year with bad quarterbacks, like I think the highest he's finished is like wide receiver 15. Like he just can't get over the hump because the team can't score touchdowns. And if that's the case with the Bengals, you're never going to see Chase get over the hump unless he just rips off an 80 yard touchdown because of how good he is with the ball in his hands. That, that is right, by the way. Wide receiver 15 is Garrett Wilson's highest finish this season in half PPR. He's also had a wide receiver 16 and 18. Everything else is 23 or below. So um, he has not you know, gotten in that mid-wide wide receiver two range like we're kind of hoping for Chase. Joe, I want to ask you about some real-life trades that have gone down. This is data pulled from our Fantasy uh, Pros My Playbook app. Again, these are real-life trades, so I want to get your opinion. A lot of big names being moved for Chase here, at least in terms of name value, maybe not in terms of how we value them the rest of the season. So we'll see what you think about these. Jamar Chase and Devon Achan for Austin Eckler. I am going to lean the Chase and Achan side on that one. How about Jamar Chase for Zay Flowers plus Chris Olave? Jamar Chase. The last one here, Jamar Chase for Javante Williams plus Puka Nakua. That one I will go Javante and Puka. Erickson, what do you think about those? I'll run through them again. Chase and Achan for Eckler. Chase for Flowers and Alave. Chase for Javante and Puka. I actually like the Eckler deal. Um, I think that you're trading two very boomer bust assets for a very safe asset with Eckler. I, I mean, I feel very strongly about Eckler's top five rest of season ranking at a running back, whereas A-Chan, okay, is he going to is he gonna play? Like, what's the deal with his injury? Like, is he going to be back? Like, is he going to get enough touches? Like, what's the deal? And then with Chase, obviously, we talked about, you know, he comes with a lot of unknown risk as well. So if I just want to, like, hey, I, I want a locked and loaded RB1 rest of the season, like, just get Eckler on your team. And, and Chase can be a way that you can acquire him for someone that wants to take on more of a boomer bust profile with Chase and the downgraded quarterback. If you haven't heard about Whatnot yet, allow me to introduce you to this incredible platform. Whatnot is the world's leading live shopping platform, often described as a unique blend of eBay and Twitch. Here's how it works. Streamers go live to conduct auctions where they sell a wide range of items, including sports cards, jerseys, sneakers, and much more. Recently in the hobby of sports card collecting, the highly anticipated NFL product Flawless was released. It's been making waves in the hobby with cards worth six figures or more being pulled on a daily basis basis one player i expect to have a great week in week 12 who we talk about on this very episode is zay flowers he's facing the chargers in prime time they have a terrible pass defense also the ravens are going to be without mark andrews we saw back in week one when the ravens didn't have mark andrews zay flowers got 10 targets in his first career game i think he goes off in prime time sunday night football against the chargers in week 12 and when on whatnot you can invest in zay flowers or any other player you think will do well just by purchasing his card. 
you can snag a $10 discount on your first purchase by going to fantasypros.com slash whatnot and signing up. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. Again, sign up when you go to fantasypros.com slash whatnot to redeem your $10 discount. The link will also be in the description. Let's move to the next most traded wide receiver, and that's Nico Collins. Joe, starting with you, buying, selling, or holding on the Texans wide receiver? So Nico Collins is going to go hand-in-hand with my sell high later. Little tease there, but I'm buying for sure. Uh, CJ Stroud looks fantastic. The schedule is okay, but I do think there's going to be some, as the cool kids say, positive regression here for Nico Collins. 11 targets in week 11, kind of just flies under the radar you know he's been doing that the last couple weeks so i'm in on nico he's a different kind of receiver than tank dell and eventually it's going to even out a little bit here erickson where do you have nico collins rest of the season he's wide receiver 24 so just barely sneaks into that wide receiver two range in the consensus rankings i'm a little higher i haven't met wide receiver 22 so yeah i think that he's a strong buy candidate as well just based on the fact that, yeah, he led the team in targets last week. Like, I know Tank Dell is putting up 140 yards every single week, seemingly. But, look, if you can get a cheap part of this offense, I mean, look, every time I looked up watching Red Zone this past week, the Texans were in the Red Zone. <laughs> I was like, they're in the Red Zone again? Like, Stroud is just, like, on another level right now. And, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, like, a top – I think he's, like, top seven or top six for me in my rest of the season rankings at quarterback. So, you got to get as many pieces of this offense as you humanly can. I mean, they have two matchups against the Titans rest of the way. So, I mean, Nico Collins, yeah, I think that he's a more inconsistent than Tank Dell because of the way he operates. He's a perimeter receiver, relies a lot on yards after the catch. But his role is confirmed, though. Like, it's it's concrete what he does, whereas when Noah Brown comes back, when Robert Woods is playing, like, what are these guys going to do when they're all healthy on the field at the same time? I think they overlap a little bit more with what Tank Dell does. So, yeah, I think Collins as the clear-cut, you know, X wide receiver on the outside. Um, I like attaching myself to that, especially because he's seeing a ton of red zone targets. He had four red zone targets last week, didn't score, but Stroud is obviously looking for him when they're trying to put it in the end zone. Joe, before we get to the real trades that have gone down, I, I just want to follow up on Nico with – like he had obviously that amazing start to the season, right? Where he had two top four finishes in the first four weeks. Outside of those two games, though, he hasn't actually had that many great finishes this year. Part of that is because his big yardage games were also when he scored the touchdowns. So it all kind of got thrown into the same game. And then the scoring hasn't quite been there other weeks. But if you look at his finishes at the position week to week, he has those two games. He's a wide receiver 11 finish where he finished with 13 half PPR points. Everything else is like wide receiver 28, wide receiver 27, wide receiver 52, wide receiver 32. There's not a ton of these high level performances. Does that concern you at all about him being maybe a little boom bust? A little bit, but to be honest, if he's the wide receiver two on my roster, that's totally fine with me. You know, you can nitpick and we can go through and say he was injured this game. Okay, he played Atlanta that game. That's a tough one. We can do that. Played Carolina. Both those games were away. Or we can just say CJ Stroud had 250 yards at halftime in week 11. Um, I'm in. And they play Tennessee twice to end the season. And honestly, we're at that point in the year where it's like, this is a guy I can buy. We're going to make a decision here. We're going to do it. And we're risking it a little bit. And guess what? If it works... You know, we're going to get 30 point performances here, a couple of those to close the season. Maybe two of them are in the playoffs. So if I can get him as a wide receiver, two, right, I'm totally fine with a boom bust 
if you will, um, wide receiver two underneath a stud PPR stud like Keenan Allen, for example, at wide receiver one. Bring on the boom bust then, if that's the case. So again, all about roster construction. And I was nitpicking, you know, a little bit there. And then I just said, you know what? All you have to do is watch CJ Stroud. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty good analysis. Like you know CJ I mean? Stroud, literally any stat yeah. I'm in. Yeah, and, yeah, you just don't need to overcomplicate it. And when you yeah. look Sometimes, too, like at the schedule, like it, you can just kind of see it lining up where he's going to have a massive game and then have a uh, like. So he's playing the Jaguars this week. That's a good matchup. He should probably boom next week. Denver might get certain. Okay, he's going to bust. Then he plays the Jets, probably going to bust. But then he plays the Titans, probably going to boom. Then he plays the Browns, probably going to bust. Then he plays the Titans again, he's probably going to boom. So like, it's going to be a roller coaster. But if you can bank on a thirty-point game in the fantasy playoffs from Nico Collins, like that's going to help your team in the long run. So I think that's why he's you can get him because of the you know the roller coaster performance, like you mentioned, Worm, how he's been inconsistent. Well, it's like that's why you can buy him because the manager may not realize that. He's kind of like a very high-end Gabe Davis, if you will. So if, if you can get like Nico in your flex, oh my God, that yep. is the dream heading into playoffs. Yeah. Let me throw some trades your way, Joe. Nico Collins for Jerome Ford. I'm going to go with Nico Collins there for sure. How about Nico Collins and Jerry Judy for DK Metcalf? <sighs> Ooh, that's tough. Um <laughs> I think I'm going to go Collins and Judy on that one. I believe in Jerry Judy to close the season here. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that later, but yeah, I'm going to go Collins and Judy. How about Nico Collins and Bijan Robinson for Jamar Chase? I'm going to go Nico and Bijan there. Bijan post by 70% of snaps. Sign me up. That playoff schedule is juicy. Erickson, any of those trades stand out to you? I'll run through them again. Nico Collins for Jerome Ford. Nico and Jerry Judy for DK Metcalf. Nico and Bijan for Jamar Chase. I want the Metcalf side, and you should buy. You should by no means be trading Jamar Chase to, or you should not be trading Bijan to get Jamar Chase. Like um, you, you should be on the other side of that deal. I would trade Jamar Chase for Bijan straight up if I, you know, that's what I would do. So the fact that that deal has another player added, um, no, like Chase, if that's what you can get again, that's that's why it's interesting because Chase's price is so all over the place because people are like, oh, I don't know what to do because he's so good. But it's like, how bad is this quarterback going to affect the offense? I, I think that that's why you should just be kicking the tires. And if I could get Bijan for chase, I would be, you know, despite Arthur Smith, whatever, don't care. I, I would be buying Bijan. Joe hit me with your top buy low wide receiver right now. So my top buy low wide receiver heading into week 12 is Deontay Johnson. And we just saw Matt Canada got fired. I would assume that's good news for Deontay, but I think this is all getting a little bit blown out of proportion here with Kenny Pickett, uh, the Deontay Johnson drama, all that. Sometimes you got to just look through it or look the other way. When people zig, we zag. So with Deontay, he has literally had four fully healthy games. And, you know, since week seven, in three of those, over 30% of targets. And I get it. The passes are coming from Pickett. The pie, if you will, that we're getting the share of isn't as big. Right. But when it's over 30%, that's monstrous. And in PPR leagues, right, three of the last four games, eight plus targets. And we think of his targets kind of, you know, five yards here, six yards there. He actually intended air yards per game, minimum targets 30. He's top 20, 98 intended air yards per game. That's tied with Jamar Chase. It's two less than CeeDee Lamb, three less than Ridley and Metcalf, and a couple less than Brandon Ayuk. So he's in this category, right, where he's actually seeing a ton of air yards, over 100 
in week 11. So I think he's a great buy low and the schedule is fantastic. Cincinnati, Arizona, New England, Colts, Bengals, Seahawks, like every team I just mentioned, I'm not scared of at all. Uh, so give me Deontay Johnson. He can be acquired, honestly, for flexes at this point after two sub four point outings. I'm all over Deontay heading into playoffs. Yeah, three catches on 12 targets for 33 yards across the last two weeks. It's just it, it, that will stick in people's minds, especially as they get into the playoffs, like feeling like they're taking too much of a risk by holding on to him. So I think you're right. Like he certainly is gettable. Erickson, where would you have Johnson rest of the season? He's dropped a bit in our consensus rest of the season rankings. Um, he, he's down at wide receiver 36, which I think is too low. Um, where would you have him, Erickson? I have him wide receiver 32. And I, I think, again, what we try to do with the rest of season rankings is obviously we're trying to project like how they would do the rest of the season. But we're also trying to like read the room because people use the rest of season rankings to make trades. So like the market's viewing Deontay Johnson as wide receiver three. Like, I think that's pretty, and that's why you can get him cheap because it's like, oh my God, Kenny picks his quarterback. He has no upside. He's never going to do anything. He's never going to score again. Like that's, that's Deontay Johnson in a nutshell. If you ask somebody on the street, <laughs> it's like, Hey, Deontay Johnson, what do you think? It's like, I can't score. So I don't want him. But as Joe alluded to, it's like the targets are there. The dude has been a monster producer. All he does is command targets. So I think that it's on the upswing with, Matt Canada out as the OC. The matchups are great for Deontay. And I just have more confidence in him than like a guy like George Pickens, who it's just like he's running go routes on the perimeter. And it's just really hard for him to put up fantasy points that way at a consistent level. So, um, yeah, I think that he's a guy you can get cheap and he's just a good asset to add to a team, especially in full PPR, where, you know, he's going to get peppered. So that's kind yeah, of I mean, how I, do. I mean, people literally think the world is ending with Kenny Pickett. I mean, we saw in week eight and week nine, Deontay over 16 points, both those games. He had 14 targets against Jacksonville. Like we've seen it with Pickett. They played the Browns last week in Cleveland. Can we just, yeah. let's just relax. Yeah. Yeah. They came at like a 30 yeah. point total. Yeah. And of course yeah, yeah, it was yeah. horrible. And yeah. Pickett, you know, I'm not saying he's Peyton Manning, but like, relax. <laughs> We're good. I get he's not great, but it's okay. Time now for our favorite segment. It's the Uber Eats player we'd give up almost, almost anything for. This week, that player is Erickson's buy low wide receiver, Zay Flowers. Erickson, what makes my guy such a great buy low candidate? Well, he did score like a 50-yard touchdown on Thursday Night Football. Six, that got 68-yard touchdown. That was wiped off, yeah. It was uh, my, my same game parlay. was not happy about that call. Um, so, Zay Flowers, look, he's going to have to step up. With Mark Andrews out the rest of the year, at least through the fantasy football season, he still played 98% of the snaps. He's still clearly the preferred option for Lamar Jackson in the passing game. He's been that guy all year long. We saw back in week one, Mark Andrews didn't play. What did Zay Flowers do in his first NFL game? 10 targets. Like, the Ravens have one of the better schedules coming up. It's not a schedule where they can just roll over their opponents. They face one of the easier schedules to open the season. They're facing more difficult defenses and just overall teams. So I think you're going to see more back and forth game environments, even though the Ravens defense has been really good. I think that just bodes well for Zay Flowers. So I know that we're all trying to look at Isaiah Likely as like, oh, he's going to smash. Like he's going to take over all Andrews targets. Like, no, I think it's just there's receivers right now. This receiver room between Zay, between Beckham, between Rashad Bateman, who I think has been playing much better over the last couple of weeks. These guys have to step up for Lamar Jackson. And I think Zay is going to be at the forefront. So I think that he's a screaming by rookies break out in the second half of seasons. Like and Zay Flowers has already broken out in the first half. So I'm very excited to see what he can do. 
And I know <laughs> it's funny. I talked about Demario Douglas as like putting on this Amon Ross St. Brown, like rookie year finish. But now it's like, can I pivot I, to say flowers? I, I was going to be the same we, thing. <laughs> we do have a bet of Douglas versus flowers. So well, I mean, I wanna... didn't make that before Andrews was going to put, put hey, on Andrews IR, are part so. of the game. Are, are you, do you want to renege on our bet? I mean, if you, if you, if someone sent me a trade, for Demario Douglas, <laughs> or I could trade Demario Douglas for Zay Flowers, I would do that. Like based on the new information at hand. Sure. So, I mean, I don't feel great about it. I mean, it was good for my bet that we and you made <laughs> that Zay Flowers plus ten didn't count. So I was happy yeah, about that. True. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that, that week one game, I mentioned it. You know, when the trade, you know, when the injury first happened, that's the most catches still to this to his career that he's had in a game, which was nine of his 10 targets. It's also the only time he's rushed more than once in a game, which I think is a part of his game. The Ravens haven't really, you know, gotten into yet. Some of the, uh, you know, the wide receiver rushing with him. So I, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of the Zay flowers, like whatever consternation there is around him, not having a high ceiling, like, he, he, you're right. Receivers do break out in the second half. He also hasn't had his bye yet. We often see r- rookie wide receivers break out after their bye week. And again, he's kind of already broken out. Now, the fact that he still has a bye week left is kind of a bad thing because, you know, there's fewer weeks left in the season. So that's going to mean, you know, it's a greater percentage of the remainder of the season that you're going to get zero points out of him. But I think all things are pointing to he can finish very strong. Um even though he does have a couple of maybe not the easiest matchups in the world later in the fantasy playoffs. What do you make of Zay Flowers, Joe? I think he's a great buy if you are kind of in the playoffs, setting up for playoffs. And I'll, I'll counter that by saying in week 12 against the Chargers, you know, I'm expecting 25 points here. But then the buy in week 13 and the playoff schedule is pretty solid, as you mentioned. So again, if I'm in playoffs, I'm really eyeing up Zay Flowers as like a flex for my roster. Uh, I don't quite have him inside my top 20 wide receivers. I'm a little thrown off by the Odell usage, and he's getting a lot of first reads there, a uh, high percentage of the first reads. So they're making plays for him. It's it's weird, but I'm excited to see the offense here, um, you know, with likely stepping in. I It has to mean more targets for Flowers. And it's kind of funny, we, as Erickson alluded to, we kind of already crowned Flowers as like the rookie wide receiver. Um, but he hasn't even had his buy yet, as you said, Worm. So we're going to see ideally a nice little breakout here weeks 14 through 17 and I'm in sign me up. Yeah. I think, I think too, last thing on Zay flowers is, and this just kind of goes to a larger scope of how the Ravens offense has scored points this year. I mean, it's been all, it's all Gus Edwards rushing touchdowns. Like eventually those touchdowns, cause I don't expect the Ravens offense to just like not be good anymore. Obviously losing Andrews hurts, but if those rushing touchdowns then regress to passing touchdowns, well, who are they going to? the number one receiver on the team, which is a flowers, which alludes back to what you weren't where you mentioned how he doesn't have a high ceiling. Well, how many touchdowns does a flowers well, have? I think it's one th- that, right? that he hasn't had a high ceiling yet. Not that he yeah, does. Yes. Going forward. Yes. And that one, he has not scored a touchdown in America. Cause that one came yeah. in the international game. I had, I had the first touchdown in that game. I remember <laughs> yeah. I was very happy about it. But, yeah. but to that point, the, if you, if you watch, you know, press conferences and stuff, the Ravens want to get Zay, in the end zone more like Odell talked about he was like apologizing to the fans for that phantom holding call that cost them the touchdown they've talked in other games about Lamar saying like this is the game that Zay is going to have his huge blow up like it hasn't quite gotten there yet but they it's a goal of this offense like Lamar and Odell especially receiving yards of any receiver with just one touchdown so he has 588 receiving yards and only one touchdown everyone else that has at least 600 receiving yards has scored at least twice. So, like, he's just naturally due for positive touchdown regression. It makes sense based on the fact that, well, Andrews is no longer there. 
So like they're gonna have to look for other options in the red zone. Get food from your favorite restaurants, plus groceries and other essentials delivered straight to your front door with Uber Eats. This football season, stay planted on your couch and get anything, well, almost, almost anything you need for game day by ordering on the Uber Eats app. Uber Eats, the official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL. Order now, alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Joe, give me your number one sell-high wide receiver who you alluded to with a very professional tease earlier. Yes, as one does. So my sell-high wide receiver heading into week 12 is Tank Dell. Now, before everybody turns the podcast off, uh, I'll say this. If you have him as wide receiver two, fantastic. A flex even because you picked him off off waivers. Awesome. But you can cash in on Tank Dell for like elite, elite fantasy assets like Brandon Ayuk, Keenan Allen, maybe, right? We can talk about guys with higher floors because when you look at Tank Dell's output, sure, the last three weeks have been awesome. Four touchdowns in the last three weeks. But there's a couple games here where he played full allotment of snaps. For example, week four, 70% of snaps, under four points. Week eight, I get it was first game back, but still 80% of snaps, six points. Some of these guys a little higher in rest of the season rankings have a much higher floor. And then we look at Nico Collins. One touchdown here in the last six games. Obviously, he missed one of those, but 11 targets last week. That was actually more than Tank Dell. So this really isn't a negative towards Dell. It's kind of just like Collins is also really good. Dell is really, really good. So if we can trade off him and like package somebody for, gee, I don't know. Uh, as I mentioned before, Brandon Ayuk, maybe Amon Ross St. Brown, Stefan Diggs after <laughs> Travis Etienne. Yeah, Travis Etienne always. <laughs> but that's the thing, like Stefan Diggs, two sub seven point games or whatever it is. Of course, we want Stefan Diggs ahead of Dell. And like he's getting boosted so much to the point where we can start to do that. It's not the craziest thing. So I'm always in for a move like that. Or you just keep him and ride it out. And uh, CJ Stroud has 400 yards every game. One of the fun nuggets I like to look at on the rest of season rankings page on Fantasy Pros is you can see what whatever their ECR is at this point for rest of season, it compares it to where they were drafted. And so you can kind of see, you know, the progression of how players go. Tank Dell has had the biggest jump from where he was being drafted to his rest of season ranking. Well, it's, it's actually the second biggest jump. Puka Nakua is higher. But he outside of Puka, who's kind of in his own tier in that. Tank Dell has had the biggest jump of anybody this season. He's up 58 spots in the uh, ECR, which is he's wide receiver 16 in the rest of the season rankings in half PPR. He's jumped nine spots just in the last week. Do you think that's too high, too low, or just right, Joe? I think it's a little too high. Um, Mike Evans, for example. I prefer Mike Evans to Tank Dell. I prefer Jamar Chase, who we talked about. Garrett Wilson, DK, Olave, like that's kind of where I have Tank Dell kind of around, you know, low end wide receiver two, like 20 to 24. Um, but you know, in the rest of season rankings, like if we can trade off of Dell for even Devonte Adams, Devonte Smith, um, all, all of these top 10 guys, maybe even DJ Moore. like I'm looking to do that with a guy I spent 20 fab on, you know, back in week five. So I'll cash in that way. And again, if you can't don't force it because he's going to be good. The schedule is a little funny. Uh, he's got Denver in two weeks, which they've been tough. The Jets right after that, they've been tough. But then the playoffs, as Erickson alluded to, Tennessee twice with a Cleveland sandwich there in week 16. So it's going to be a wild ride with these Texans. Quite frankly, I'm here for it. But again, if I can add a Monroe St. Brown to my team for Dell and a running back, I'm doing it. I was going to bring up the schedule too before tossing it to Erickson because it's a great point. It's just very funny to see yeah. weeks 14 to 17, 
at the Jets. Titans <laughs> against the Browns. Titans again. Like, he, yeah, it's like will... the Squidward SpongeBob. Like, yes, I mean, yes. there the stage. Yeah. Uh, Erickson, what, what do you make it take uh, Dell again? Wide receiver 16 in the consensus rest of season rankings. I mean, I think that's too low. I have him wide receiver nine in the oh. season rankings because i mean what like i kept ranking him like it's a top 10 receiver the last couple of weeks and it's like always been ecr i'm like well why like why not like mm-hmm. why are we like all he does is put up what he had 120 yards at halftime <laughs> i know i know I, listen i know i am so aware. for me like again going back to what the rest of season rankings do like i'm trying to evaluate like this is what i want because like i have him one spot behind keenan allen one spot behind red Ayuk. so like those are the guys you should be aiming for if you're going to trade tank Dell. so you got to shoot for the ceiling here with Tank Dell because I think that the matchups is probably the key selling point. I can't get off of Tank Dell the talent and, and what he's able to do because, again, the guy just gets open at will and CJ Stroud loves him, and I just don't think it's going to go away. So I think those Titans matchups are going to be stellar. But Browns, they're a team that just, like, makes games ugly. And same thing with the Jets. Like, games are going to be ugly and gross. And the one thing, too, is, like, we haven't seen this Texans offense with everybody healthy on the same field at the same time with Noah Brown, with Robert Woods, with Nico Collins. Like, so Dell has obviously benefited from that, from guys missing time. That's not the only reason he's been breaking out, but just another layer onto maybe it's not 100 yards every week. Maybe it's 60 because now there's more guys involved in the offense. Dalton Schultz as well. So I think that, yeah, right now, if you can cash out for something massive, I would do it. But if not, again, you can be fine just holding off your uh, your potential league winner in, in Tank Dell. Erickson, let's stick with you for your sell high wide receiver. Yeah, so my sell high receiver is someone that I think I compared to Gabe Davis like recently on the show. Uh, it's Calvin Ridley for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who I mean, guys, Zay Jones was back, so you should have started Calvin Ridley. Like that—that's the sign. It's like, oh, got to start Calvin Ridley with the Zay Jones splits. I, I think there is some credence to that, where I think that with Zay Jones operating as a legitimate threat, like on the perimeter, it allows the Jaguars to move Calvin Ridley around a little bit more. Because if you look at a lot of Calvin Ridley's routes this year, it's been like he's running go routes, he's running curl routes, which doesn't take advantage of like, he's a good route runner. Like, why are we not using him more over the middle of the field where he can actually like build leverage, use cuts and get open, which is why we saw him have a big game here against the Tennessee Titans. Now, it also coincides that all the matchups that Zay Jones has played have been against like the Colts and the Titans and like really bad defenses and the steel, like things like that. So for me, it's still based on this larger sample size of Calvin Ridley has been a boomer bust wide receiver three all year long. Like that's what he has been. And occasionally those guys hit just like we saw with last week, Calvin Ridley in a plus matchup against the Tennessee Titans. It was like the best game we've ever seen from Trevor Lawrence from like a fantasy perspective. And he's been mostly underwhelming this year. So for me, Christian Kirk has been the guy that's been super consistent all year long. And I'm just afraid to roll into my fantasy playoffs with Calvin Ridley scared that he's going to lay a goose egg for me in total Gabe Davis fashion, where I'm not going to get those boom weeks necessarily, even in some of these better matchups. So I think that the anchor bias with him from week one is still there. Like even myself, like thinking about Calvin Ridley, I'm like, Oh man, like he could be the guy. He could be the wide receiver one still like that's still going on people's minds. Despite the fact that he is, I would say overall, underwhelmed first expectation i think that's why you can sell high on him um for a more steady asset i mean like you could probably get christian kirk for calvin really straight up because of recency bias so i'd rather have kirk rest of season rather have nico collins rest of season i'm just kind of a couple names thrown out there for trading high on calvin ridley such a shame that his next game against the titans is week 18 so not during the fantasy playoffs for most people 
is a bummer. I think that's a really great point on the week one anchoring too. Like he's one oh, of the yeah. all time great it's, examples of that. Where like that is in a lot of people's minds. Like yep. I'm, I'm it's, very because I, I know because it's like it's in, in my mind. Too, like, yeah, it could it could happen now. Like <laughs> because of the yes. first thing we saw with him back was him being like totally amazing, and then it's like well. It was the Colts. <laughs> it was like, uh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, I think it's a really great point. Um, Ridley Joe is at wide receiver 33 in half PPR rest of season rankings. Is that too high, too low, or just right for you? Too high because he's ahead of Deontay Johnson, for example. Uh, I do have, you know, Ridley as just like a low end flex here to finish the season. And that's what he's going to be. Uh, I get it. It's exciting. But if you still have Ridley, you've been rostering him for 11 weeks. This is like the dream scenario. You got 24 hours to get him off your roster. Get moving. Send for Deontay. Send for Kirk. Send for DeAndre Hopkins. Send for Nico Collins. Send for Zay Flowers. I could go on forever. And when you look at the playoff schedule, you really want to roll out Calvin Ridley at Cleveland in week 14. Oh, don't worry. Baltimore in week 15. No, (laughs) I'm good. So get out of here. And also... Like ETN was not involved. Kirk had a bad game. This is just not what we've seen for 11 prior, 10 prior weeks. Um, I get it. Great game. If you can't trade him, you know, for a wide receiver two, running back two, bench him, start in good matchups. It's pretty simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate things. I like to just keep it pretty simple. So that's my thoughts. Listener mailbag. We're going to speed around some listener questions here. These actually all three of these came from the same listener. And he did say, like, this is more of a shallow league because some of these names are going to be surprising that these guys are available on waivers. And I wanted to include it anyways because I feel like we often cater heavily to the deep league guys, especially when we do the mailbag segment of the show. So these are names that are probably not available in every league. Certainly a lot of leagues that I would play in would not have these guys available. But want to run through them anyway and at least answer this guy's questions. So, Joe, is it better to add right now Zach Charbonnet, Roshan Johnson, or A.J. Dillon? We're going to go with Charbonnet there. I know the schedule isn't good. You know, if you said Ty Chandler, I would lean Chandler. Uh, but over the other guys you mentioned, I'm going to go with Charbonnet. It's just going to be 15-plus opportunities for the foreseeable future. If it's in a bad matchup, so what? Guess what? Rookie running backs tend to overcome those things if given volume. Erickson, Charbonnet, or one of the other two? <laughs> Charbonnet. I mean, he's going to be a bell cow. I mean, I think Kenneth Walker is going to miss like a month. Like, I don't think yeah. he's coming back anytime soon. Uh, question number two. I know where we're going with this one. Better to add Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, or Zay Flowers? So, for <laughs> me, it's obviously Zay Flowers. Yeah. I will say, Reed, you know, not in the same conversation as Flowers. But if it's between Reed and Watson, give me Reed, which is funny. But, you know, I posted today on Twitter, my waiver, whatever you want to call it, thread. And Jaden Reed was a headliner. He's been playing really well, get involved in the rushing game designing plays for him featured role so he could be a guy to watch down the stretch as well erickson i know you're picking zay but reed or watson for the other two reed homecoming this week wet western michigan michigan state product back in detroit baby jaden reed (laughs) is gonna have another massive game on thanksgiving and i'm here for it who would have thought week 12 headline jaden reed homecoming yeah (laughs) Yeah. uh question three last one here better to add it tight end isaiah likely or luke musgrave joe I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson over Jordan Love. Does that answer the question? It should. Uh, In four games, I believe likely has four games with over two-thirds of the snaps. He scored 18 or more fantasy points in two of those games. That's enough for me. So give me Isaiah Likely. Erickson, Likely, or Musgrave? 
I'm going to chase the the ceiling potential with likely. I know he's airballed his his last two like big pl- starts this year. Um, but last year we saw a ceiling that we're never going to see from Luke Musgrave in that Packers offense where everyone gets five targets and that's it. And you're just hoping one of them scores a touchdown. Just likely has a potential ceiling where he could be the guy. So, yep. Where, where did Worm go? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like, what? Well, folks, Worm has left the the show. So I think that was like going to wrap us up. So uh, for me, Andrew Erickson, for Joe, follow him on Twitter. Um, that's going to do it for us. I'm just going to do this off script uh, departure. Oh, tag. Oh, oh, there he is. Oh, from the top row. From Sorry, the top row. guys, about that. Uh, let, let, let's get out of here for Eric and Joe. Thank He's you, back. everybody, for tuning in. Uh, enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy all the extra, you know, early week games. Uh, and enjoy as we head into the uh, the home stretch here of the fantasy season. I'm Ryan Wormley for Erickson and Joe. We'll get out of here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.